Today's episode was with Winnipeg, Manitoba-based Ben Desort. He's got over 10 years in the industry, and we talked about the times when he's picked up and moved, um, his growth at different locations, working at a Globo gym. We talked about uh, sort of the the art of mentorship and um, teaching other people through your failure. And if you have not had failure, what do you have to teach? We talked about just fitness in general, um, kind of just what makes us passionate to do what we do, the change that we impact on others. So you should definitely check it out, definitely look them up and enjoy. Welcome to the Lifestyle Chase Season 2. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. I'm your host, Chris Little. Let's get started. The Lifestyle Chase is brought to you by Yeg Fitness. Yeg Fitness is Edmonton, Alberta, Canada's healthy lifestyle community, creating and supporting active living for all. Check them out online at yegfitness.ca and on social media at Yeg Fitness. So welcome to The Lifestyle Chase, episode 116, and today I am joined by Ben Deswart. How are you doing today? I'm good, Chris. Thank you so much for having me here. So to give the audience a little bit of an idea of where you're from, what you're about, let's say you were at a party here in Edmonton, and you had to introduce yourself, like everything about you in like an elevator speech. Elevator speech. Well, I've been uh, now in the fitness industry for just over 10 years. Uh, I started in BC, so Victoria, British Columbia. I started with a, a large Globo gym. Uh, did that for a few years, moved to Saskatoon, started another one out there. And then now I've brought my business over to Winnipeg, where I'm now growing my own sort of business um, with the, the heavy focus on, you know, working with trainers specifically. I like working with clients, but my passion is working with trainers. So where did that passion passion stem from? Like what kind of like motivates you to go to work and put in the efforts to improve on other trainers? I think the kind of the, the umbrella effect in the sense of the more trainers I help, the more people they are going to help, uh, as well as as you probably know, Chris, you know, trainers are going to have a vast array of personalities. Uh, there's a lot of very strong personalities in the, the fitness industry where you're going to have people want to battle you in some areas. You're going to have other people that may be lacking the confidence, maybe lacking the ability of the business sense. Um, or you're going to have people that share the same exact sort of knowledge and perceptions you do. And then you can start building things together and it makes it really, really fun and, and exciting. I like it. And that totally makes sense. Something that I want to ask you is, let's say we take you in a time machine and put you all the way back to before you were in the fitness industry. What were you doing at that point in your life? What was life like? Uh, well, I was still uh, I was working out. That's for darn sure. I was just doing construction. Um, so construction, trying to find where I, where I kind of fit in the world, I guess is the best way to explain that. I did construction for like eight years. I love working with working with my hands. I love being physical. I just really disliked the people I was working with. Um, and I didn't like the people per se, but the way I look, 
I like looking at a career option is I look at, you know, what is 30 years down the line of a construction worker? While the people I was working with specifically were either missing fingers, they were smoking, they were alcoholics, they were just miserable people. Um, and I kind of bounced from doing construction, so like framing and laboring, to I did uh, mechanical work. So I worked in a shop for a while. I did refrigeration for a while. I did landscaping, painting. I kind of dabbled in everything to see where I fit. And none of the people shared the same values I did, nor did I want to be them in 30 years. Um, and then we had a giant layoff. So, you know, when we hit that, had the recession happen, I was laid off and I was initially hired off the floor uh, to be a personal trainer with a, a large global gym because I worked out all the time. That's cool. I like that story. There's a lot of people that can relate to that, whether it be the career transition or uh, some of my close friends were literally hired off the gym floor because they worked out all the time. Um, did you have any like self-doubt in that moment where they're like, hey, you want to be a trainer? Did you ever like uh, second guess yourself? No, no, I didn't because I had already done my personal training cert. I just did it from my own personal knowledge. I did it probably a year prior. Um, and I was I was wanted to work in the gym. I just lacked the confidence in thinking I could be a trainer. Uh, I was close to, I was like 24, 25 years old, uh, super, super skinny, but, you know, trying to bulk up like every 24-year-old dude's trying to do. And uh, when I had the opportunity, I jumped on it, absolutely jumped on it. Um, and it's been, it's been fantastic ever since. So how many years were you at that gym? Like, what was that part of the journey? Like, uh, that specific gym. So in Victoria, I was with that gym for around three years. Uh, so I was, I started off as a trainer. We had two trainers initially at that, that location. Um, and I was then, I guess, promoted or upgraded or however you want to think of it to, uh, the fitness manager of that location. And I brought it up to 12 trainers. And uh, during that time, I think is where I learned how to properly manage in a small sense. Um, I made a lot of errors. I really came in with, you know, the construction mentality of do it or I'll, I'll scream and yell at you and cuss you out the entire time or want to throw something at you. You know, very aggressive and violent, I guess, is the easiest way to say it. Um, you know, I tried to learn some soft skills at that time, uh, which led me to being promoted within that that company, which is why I moved to Saskatoon, where I had a gym where it was, you know, between 25 and over 30 trainers at a time. So I literally doubled my income overnight and doubled my capacity overnight, but it all stemmed from the learning experience that I had to go through in Victoria. So what was it like in that moment when you're learning that stuff? Did somebody else have to enlighten you or did you make a big mistake that kind of stuck with you or, or what was that process like? Uh, I had really good mentors. Uh, I know my boss uh, was really, really good with kind of showing me the ropes in a sense. Um, but I think the greatest thing was I, I made a lot of errors. Um, I, I pissed a lot of people off. Uh, I did some really bad managerial decisions uh, with my current staff that I had back then. And, you know, it was a great learning opportunity. And a, a big thing that drove me there as well is I, I kind of just took the bull by the horns a lot of times. 
and I wanted to be the best and I wanted to do the most amount of sales and I wanted to be the, the best trainer in the building and so on and so forth. And um, that's that's exactly where the reason why I think I'm in the position I am in today is because I had enough, I guess, courage to make mistakes, but also I wanted to make sure that I was aware of the mistakes I was making to try and remedy those mistakes. Well, so lots of feedback from staff. Totally. And I mean, the thing that I find a lot is you get somebody that you kind of described your 24 year old self kind of wanting to bulk up and sort of like wanting to be the best. And there's some people with, with what Instagram is and all the internet and all that stuff. There's like 24 year old versions of people who are wanting to bulk up. They're also wanting to be the best, but they're skipping steps. All of a sudden they're like a business coach or like, it's just various versions of this. Like, what I see is like I'm I'm wondering what did they do for the ten years? Where where were their failures that got them so that they were the expert to be able to provide guidance? So that's why I like about this conversation because like right out of the gates, you admitted you're like, oh hell yeah, like I had my bumps in the road. I learned my lessons, and I'll never forget those lessons. And that's why I can uh, translate to other people who are wanting to to grow in the industry. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, you know, a big area was during the management part, I still had to be a trainer. So I still had to walk the talk um, where that's where I, I felt I was feel I feel like it now as well is that the manager or whoever's in charge needs to be the best trainer in the building. I firmly believe in that. Otherwise, nobody's going to follow you. And I don't think you have a foot to stand on because uh, you're full of shit, frankly. Um, so it's, you know, Back then, it was trying to learn how to be management, how to learn those soft skills, how to learn how to have some emotional intelligence, which I had none. I had no empathy. It was just like a bull in the china shop kind of mentality. Do it or I'll do it myself. Um, and that's, you know, it led me to a point where I could build other trainers' businesses. But the second I stopped building their business for them, they, they collapsed. They absolutely collapsed because they didn't understand the value of building building their own business. And I didn't understand the, the value of teaching someone how to build a business and the why behind it and why it's so important to do it yourself. So you value the amount of work that you've had to put into it. I like that. That's a good analogy because it's like you can it's I can't remember the exact wording, but it's like leading the horse to water. Um the, the horse has to know how to get the water itself, you know? <laughs> yes, 100%. So yeah. in your career, like, there's bound to have been a time when you felt that stereotypical trainer burnout. Did you? Or were you just relentless and just prevailed and never felt tired or exhausted or uh, run down? Oh, no. I, I felt that numerous times. Oh, frick, man. So many times. There were so many times I wanted to quit. There are so many times I saw, I, I thought, you know, screw this. If I had, let's just say I had a client want a refund or a client wasn't happy with it, or I was having, you know, I was sitting down doing consults and everyone was saying no to me for some reason or the other. Um, you just kind of want to throw in the towel or, you know, from a, from a, a leader's perspective of what if you lose three or four trainers at once and now you have 30 or 40 clients that are trainerless and they are just mad. So then, you know, you have to step in and the easy route is just to throw in the towel and say, I can't do it. I'll go be a laborer again, go do construction again, swing a hammer, There's nothing wrong with it. But 
you know, if you don't follow that path, excuse me, then you just kind of, uh, you know, you never learned from it. You never, ever learned from it. And so for you, like, I know that in, in my career path so far, I've learned a few things that I need, need to do to kind of fill my bucket. What are the things that you need to do to fill your bucket? What do you mean? Sorry. So essentially, um, if, if you put too much of yourself into a career or you put too much of yourself, just too much energy goes out and not enough goes back in or you're sacrificing sleep or you're sacrificing nutrition or you're not getting to have social time, like having a social life, little things like that are what I find fills a person's bucket. And I'm just wondering in these times when you're like, man, I'm a quit. Um, what were the things that kind of helped you in that time from, from quitting? What, what stopped you? Honestly, the feedback from my clients that were still with me, the feedback from the trainers that were still with me, um, understanding the amount of good that you're really doing in the world. Uh, you know, we don't become trainers cause we plan on becoming rich. Uh, I don't know any rich trainers. Um, I know better off trainers, but never had any rich trainers. Um, so you just have to go back to the, the reason why we are doing this in the first place. And, you know, one really great story will trump 10 really bad ones. It's just what you choose to focus on in the moment. It's easy to focus on the 10 really, really bad things that's in front of you, but you'll also forget that one person where you literally changed their life and they're pleading and they're, you know, they're, they're begging for you to stay. So the, that's the reason why I, I continue to do what I do. So what is your very best story that you have from a client? Very best story. Oh, geez. That's really hard to say. I mean, um, top three, one, one of the best. I'd say some of the, some of the best stories are, I, I wouldn't even say they're necessarily like a weight loss story or it's, um, it's, it's not necessarily like a feel good story. It's, it's people that have seen the light in the sense of someone that had zero activity for say 30 years. Uh, which is really, really normal. Most of my clients are between the ages of 45 and 65, generally speaking, um, where, you know, that generation, they didn't necessarily think eating was the best thing. So they, they just didn't eat and they continue to not eat because they seem to think if I eat nothing, I'll lose weight, which isn't necessarily the case. Um, and because of their, their poor eating habits, they might have developed uh, a slew of different eating habits, uh, bad eating habits, I should say, some mental illnesses, some like diabetes or high blood pressure or just really bad habits. It's the people that come out of it with fixing those bad habits and replacing those with really great habits, which initially gets them off of their medication, allows them to play with their children more, allows them to be a role model for their friends, their family, so, you know, you're not just changing that one person's life, you're changing the generation of their family potentially, right? Um, and I've had quite a few of those stories where I've had people come in and they're being inactive and they become quite active. And then they share with me that they're now teaching their family to be active and their kids to be active. And I think those are the greatest success stories to me. I like that. And that's relatable for a lot of people. It's just like, it doesn't have to be like some crazy weight loss. It can be, but it could also just be their ability to lead their life more independently or be present for their grandkids or um, be 
more mindful of, of what's going on in life right here, right now, instead of just throwing in the towel and walking away. Like I know I've had experiences with clients that kind of seem like they're in a very dark, very low place. And then physical activity made such a huge impact on their life that I, I totally took that for granted. I never realized that some people are so distanced from fitness and then you bring them that much closer and the impact that it has on their life as a whole is incredible. It really is. And it's, it's more than just their life too, because their friends see it and their, their loved ones see them. And, and that's when I think the, the real magic happens because, you know, when you hear something coming out of a trainer's mouth, oh, well, that's our job, right? We're supposed to be spewing X, Y, and Z about fitness and, uh, you know, perspiring passion and all this other jazz. But when it comes from a client that's like, man, I just, just really friggin' hate burpees and I really hate this and I really hate that to, no, you know what? I, I, I kind of don't mind that sort of thing. And I've learned to track my food a little bit better and I've learned to make some habits. And yes, I still eat a cookie here and there and that's totally fine. But they understand the reason why behind it, uh, which is it's it gets rid of this um, all or nothing mentality. It's either you're all in and you're, you know, the healthiest person out there, like no trainer ever drinks a beer or eats an ice cream cone, which is <laughs> total crap. Yeah. Right. <laughs> to, you know, everything in moderation. I think that's the biggest thing you can possibly teach a client is, you know, do it properly, but be normal at the same time. It's just, if you want a cookie, eat a freaking cookie. Yeah. That's it. Totally agree. So in the moves that you made, how did that uh, change things for you? Like you must've had to move family or make new friends or, or whatever it was. Like, how did you navigate that path in your life? Having to completely change your environment a few times. Uh, it's, it's, it's put a halt on a lot of things, um, but it's also opened a lot more doors. So when I was in Victoria, obviously, I don't know if you've ever been to Victoria, but it's beautiful. Uh, it's a little bit more difficult, in my opinion, to sell PT out in Victoria. People are way more outside and everything else. So being able to see even the change of the people and the culture from Victoria to Saskatchewan to Manitoba has been really cool. But when I was in Victoria, I had to pack up my entire house. I had a pretty well newborn baby at the time. Uh, so I packed myself up uh, and my family and I basically just sent a truck to Saskatchewan and the movers are like, where are you going? I'm like, I don't know, Saskatchewan. I'll meet you there, basically. Uh, I packed up my car. I, I drove there. I didn't have anywhere to stay. I basically just said, I'm going to go, get a hotel room for a night. We'll wake up the next day and we'll just find a house. And then I'll have a day to basically say to the truck, which house to go to. So it was kind of fun, I guess, in a way. I'm not scared of change. It just kind of enlightens me a bit. We found a place. It ended up being a terrible place. The movers came. They dropped off my stuff. The landlord was crazy, actually. So I had to go rent another truck, move it all myself to a second house. And then I started work the very next day at this the gym I was working at. Um, which means every time you move, you need to rebuild your client base. And every time you move provinces, nobody knows you, nor does anybody care who you are and what letters you have behind your name and what certs you think you've taken and all this other crap. 
So you have to rebuild, rebuild your brand name again. So I had to rebuild it again in Saskatoon. I did that for four years. Um, I kind of burnt out with the company I was at. I kind of hit a point where I couldn't grow any further. They didn't have a five-year plan for me anymore. I kind of hit the top of where I could hit with that company. And for me to take a promotion, I'd have to take a $20,000 pay cut, which doesn't make any sense. So I quit. That's how you lose good people, by the way, guys. Um, <laughs> and then I moved to Winnipeg uh, just to be closer for family because I didn't have any family in Winnipeg uh, in Saskatoon, pardon me. Um, so I had bought a house in Saskatoon. I had bought a truck. I sold everything. I moved over to Winnipeg. And that's where I am now. So I've had to rebuild again. Um, but each time you rebuild, each time I've rebuilt, I became more expensive each and every single time because I got more skills and, you know, you become better as a trainer. But each time I got full with clients faster and faster and faster with a higher close rate and frankly, picking the better client for me at the time. So, you know, if you've had to restart your business, which I think is very common for a lot of trainers out there, don't be afraid of restarting. Don't be afraid of charging more, charging what you're worth. I think a lot of trainers don't charge enough. Um, and the big thing is you can rebrand yourself every time you move. If your old persona is not the new persona, well, create a new one and then go after the client base that you want. So I think it's been really great in the sense of me having to rebuild myself and now I'm doing online training. So I've got to rebuild my brand for the fourth time. Um, each time you do it, you learn a bit more about yourself. You learn what your client base is like. You learn, you know, okay, don't do that. that I did last time, do this better, do this more. And I've created, uh, I guess, standard operating procedures of the best way that I've found. Uh, and that's how I onboard my trainers now. It's just, I start them off with a three day course that I've created of just regular personal training business essentials. This is how you start your business. This is how you talk to people. This is how you present them. This is what you say when they say no. And this is how you do on the floor assessment. So I wouldn't have had that opportunity unless I, I, I moved, to be honest. If I was in Victoria still, I do not think I would be where I'm at today or have the, the wherewithal of how to start a, a new PT business because I've, I've done it so many bloody times now. Yeah, no, I love that because it's, uh, I feel like some people get faced with a lot of uncertainty. So to relate to you, it'd be that whole uncertainty of like, when I move, where am I going to live? Like you just loaded up the moving truck and you're like, all right, I'll meet, meet you in the general vicinity of Saskatchewan. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, holy exactly. crap. And it's, I don't exactly. think I'd have the, the guts to do that. But then when you say it, I'm like, oh, well, I guess it is possible. So you're saying it's not impossible, but it's like, that's super cool because yeah, of course you'd know how to rebrand because you physically rebranded. Like it was like, nope, this house is sketchy. We're going to need another truck <laughs> to do this again. Yeah. So oh, man. that's okay. nuts. Um, when it comes down to that kind of stuff, like what, what have been the most pivotal points for you when you're branding yourself, what are you focused on? What, what's your things that are important to you in that process? The most important thing is knowing the person across the table from you. Honestly, um, the, the biggest thing is nobody cares about you. 
<laughs> Nobody gives a shit about the certs you've taken or the bodybuilding shows that you have done or your Instagram photos. No one cares. It means nothing when they try and give you money. Um, and it, it comes down to your personal relationships that you build with people uh, because you're pr providing a service for them. Um, I think that's a, probably the biggest thing. So if I walk into a gym and it's a brand new gym and I don't know anybody, the very first step is I better know every single person inside that building and they better know my name. So when they know my name and I become the person that they want to ask questions to, I've created myself as a, uh, you know, a potential leader within that area because I'm the person asking or getting the, the questions asked to. At, questions are a buying signal because they want to know more from you, right? Um, if you can get people to ask you questions, that's a really, really great way to leeway into let me show you something. So then you get to showcase your skills. Showcasing your skills means you're showcasing some value and some worth, which ultimately turns into a consult, which ultimately turns into a client, right? Without focusing on sales, because that's a big issue for, I think, a lot of trainers that get caught up with the number value. Stop focusing on that. Focus on the person that's in front of you and the why behind, you know, why are they there? What are the issues that they've faced? What are the barriers? And how can you help them overcome those barriers? That's awesome. That's perfect. I mean, that's something that I've really worked on in my career so far is just like uh, really understanding who is across from me, as you say, and being doing all of my things that I do with a sense of integrity in that like it takes a long time to build trust, but it takes very little to destroy that trust. And like I that is gold <laughs> to me. Having people's trust means so much as a personal trainer. And it's like every communication that we make every gesture every everything like how we respect the people that we don't train how we talk about people how we invoice people how we bill people our forgiveness all those things mean so much to me as an individual um what are your talking points when it comes to stuff like that like just having integrity based business because i feel like you have one but i just kind of want to know what what your talking points are yeah, I think very, very similar to you there, Chris. You know, I think the number one trait or number one value that you can have with a client is trust. Uh, and I'll give you an example. You know, I, I had a, a, a client before, or a trainer had a client that I was I was uh, coaching. And this client, you know, he had to lose a ton of weights. And when he came in, the trainer would try and ask, like, oh, okay, you know, what did you eat today? And the first thing that came out of his mouth every time is uh, – a loaf of mayonnaise sandwiches, just mayonnaise sandwiches. And it's just a, a ton of crap. And he knows it is. But that ultimate sentence that he tells his client means he doesn't want to tell the truth, which means he's not really up for any sort of change. And in my opinion, it's a complete utter waste of time. So in that, like if I had that client, I'd pull that client off to the side, maybe into a back room or something. And then just very much express like, you know, would you agree that trust is probably very, very important at this point? And based off of what you're telling me is I feel like there's something going on with a lack of trust, which is ultimately going to hurt our relationship. 
which is ultimately going to hurt the trust I have for you and the trust you have for me, which means if I can't be honest with you and you can't be honest with me, how are we ever going to get down to the, the actual points of why you're eating a loaf of mayonnaise sandwiches? Um, and I, I can't trust that you're actually doing your workouts or caring, right? And it goes the same thing with trainers. If somebody were to come in and, you know, flight you a bunch of crap on why they're late or, or what have you, trust is super, super important. I don't want to create stories. I just want you to tell me the, the whole truth because that should be coming back from the trainer on, on the opposite end. I'm super upfront. I'm super blatant. I might be a bit blunt at times with my clients and my trainers. But the one thing people can understand with me is that I will never hide my emotions. I will never hide what I'm feeling. I'll tell you the straight up answer. If I think it's crap, I'll tell you it's crap. If I think it's gold, I'll tell you it's gold. Um, so when you have it in that perspective, it works from my personality. People tend to trust you more, which means that I don't need to talk as much. I'm not here to hear my own voice. I'm just here to tell you the, the, the points that I think are the most prevalent for you at this point. I might hold back on some things because I don't feel you're ready for it yet, but we will get there when you are ready. And, and then we can build on that. So it's, you know, uh, the art of communication, super, super, super important. If you don't have communication with your clients, uh, other than just, you know, verbal and doing kinesthetic cues, those are all fine, but it goes a lot deeper than that. So I think communication, trust, uh, and integrity as well is if I don't feel that somebody is going to get to their goals based off of their perspective or uh, commitment level, if they're not a 10 out of 10 on their commitment level, I will not take you on as a client. Yeah, Which is I well. love that. You're not ready. You are not ready. And, you know, it, it doesn't come down to me, you know, being picky or trying to be, you know, that uh, pig headed trainer. It's, you know, from a trainer standpoint, that client is, a walking, talking business card. If I don't get them to their goals, well, they're not going to give me referrals. They're not going to be happy and they're not going to renew. Um, when I gain clients, I gain clients to keep clients, not to lose clients. The easiest way to keep your client or gain clients is keep the ones you got. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Yeah. So, and those are the biggest, biggest when, things. When this whole pandemic unfolded, there was a lot of reactions. Like I know, I mean, myself, I can be very honest. I put out a lot of like little workout videos, just little tutorials and stuff. And I was putting a lot of work into just content, content, content. And then I went through at least a week or so where it was okay. Now we're being introspective. We're being quiet on the social media, soul searching, uh, taking care of ourselves. What was, what was your journey like when it was like, okay, um, for the first time ever, every gym in the world is closed and like i'm pretty attached to this gym what was that like for you in your life um well my brain just went into you know how can i make revenue um and, and i don't want that to sound terrible but you know i have a family to feed and uh so does every other gym owner right um i didn't want to be lumped into the free trainer section uh, the free trainer section is all well and good until a certain point where you can't give any more free stuff because you're just devaluing yourself. Um, and how do you turn someone that sees you as a free trainer into a potential pain client, which is what we're here for, right? 
just like a hairdresser. They're not giving away haircuts for free and then trying to convert those people into paying uh, clients. That just doesn't make any sense. Um, so I converted with uh, my business partner directly into online training. Uh, we're doing online training, nutrition, you know, you can argue to say like every other trainer. Um, and a lot of the, the vets in the business, and I, you know, I say that very loosely as well, say that it's not the best decision to try and gain clients in this position. Um, but there's also a lot of people that I feel already have a ton of online clients and they're saying, just maintain the ones you have. But when push comes to shove and you don't have a paycheck, well, guess what? You need to gain more clients. And I'm not the type of person to just sit back and sit on my ass and try and retain the people I have. I'm going to try and continue to grow because if you're not growing, you're dying. And if nobody's talking about you, you're dying. So um, I'm doing my best, whether I gain a ton of clients or I fall flat on my face, I'm, I'm sure going to give it a go. And uh, what I'm seeing right now is a giant divide between trainers that want to work and potentially want to work for, I'm going to say for free, but it's never for free because you're building upon yourself and you're building upon your business. And whatever you do today is going to uh, snowball in three months from now. You're not going to see a return on your investment next week or next month even, uh, where some trainers are taking the time to learn webinars, take free courses or highly discounted courses online, which are fantastic. And then you have other trainers that are just basically sitting on their butt doing nothing, ignoring their clients or giving them poor service or sending out generic workout routines and charging ridiculous amounts of money online, which is giving every other trainer a bad name. So I'm seeing a giant divide there at the moment. And um, I want to make sure that I'm on the integral side, right? Yeah, so, you, you nailed it. Like you described it pretty perfectly. There's always going to be people who kind of feel that there's nothing that they can do in these situations. And so in turn, their outcomes are that they're going to do nothing because they feel that there's nothing that they can do. And then there are people who kind of feel like, wow, like this is the time that like, for example, we're able to jump on a call and talk about stuff and I'm able to gain stuff and you're able to get insight as to like, your, your passion is in helping trainers with less experience than you gain some experience to get a leg up in the industry. And so this is a very productive use of time. Whereas we could have been in our respective homes and watching Tiger King, we are not. <laughs> I, I've never, I'm refusing to watch Tiger King. I'm not having any place in it. I've actually set some rules for myself, just some certain things that kind of keep me accountable and keep my focus just as though I'm working, uh, very busy. Like I would have to say, we were talking before we started the episode, you're saying that you were busier than you were before the gyms are closed. And I'm about in the same boat. My day to day looks different because we lead different lives and we have different clients. We work with different people, different things, but for sure, hundred percent from 8am till about 11pm every day. Like even though some things take me a while to complete, or some things yep. feel like those kind of things that are going to translate maybe six months from now and not next week. It's still like chock full of different tasks. Um, 
But with that being said, there's still things that I put in my week to kind of keep my sanity because we're all socially distanced. I'm sure that there's friends that you're used to seeing that you don't see or even just seeing other humans outside of your own home. So like, what are the things that you do for like the, the social aspect of life? Uh, the social aspect. So I've, you know, zoom, zoom or FaceTime. Um, I've, I've done a few like zoom <laughs> might be a bad thing to say, but like zoom drinking parties, um, where I hop on zoom and I, I know trainers from, you know, BC to shoot Ontario. And I haven't talked to them in frick, like 10 years. Um, and because of this, I've had the opportunity to bring people together that I haven't talked to in so long and be able to like chat with people from BC to Alberta, Saskatchewan, Ontario, um, which is really, really cool. Uh, so that's probably my biggest area of socialization, uh, other than my family, you know, yeah. having a, uh, a six-year-old, a four-year-old and a seven-month-old will, uh, that will kill your socialization as well. Cause the amount of questions they ask you is unreal. So <laughs> by the end of the day, you don't really want to talk to any other people. I'll be honest. No, and that's good perspective because I, I talk on my podcast all the time, but I'm not often able to give the perspective that a parent can relate to. I'm just a bachelor doing his thing, coming up with little house projects and talking to his buddies on uh, video call. But like for you, yeah. then if the, the parents listening to this, they'll be like, oh yeah, no, I relate to him. I feel pretty tired after little Timmy asks me the 15th question in the last 20 minutes kind of thing. And it's that's just life. Like it's cool. You get to... You get to learn all these different personalities as they're growing in their fruition. Oh yeah, no, it's fun. It's definitely fun, and it's 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 the most fun at like eight p.m. to like nine p.m. when I go to bed because that's our quiet time because the kids go to bed. So it's yeah, like right now I have about an hour off a day. That's what I feel like. So otherwise, it's crazy. Aside from the whole social dynamics of a pandemic situation, let's talk about goals. So I don't know, like, do you set goals for yourself? And if you do, how do you set them? How do you structure them? How do you hold yourself accountable? Love it. Um, definitely set goals. I'm a huge goal setter. Um, that's the pretty much the biggest reason why I left uh, Global Gym is because they couldn't give me a three or a five year plan. They had it given me that. Um, they basically said, all right, so get 30 trainers. So I'm like, okay, so I got 30 trainers. And then I'm like, what's next? They're like, win this award. And I'm like, okay. And then I won the award. I'm like, what's next? I'm like, that I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, you know, what it is for me now is, is I, I try and look at you know, what I feel a, a need in the industry is or a need in the industry, I guess, in front of my face. So within the trainers I know or my fitness uh, community that's around me. And I really like developing courses. I really like trying to teach. Um, I, I really like teaching a lot. So uh, like right now, I'm trying to develop a course for for this whole pandemic so that it's People have an understanding of how to overcome some issues that they're currently going through, um, how to run a business, how to create money for themselves. That's a big, big area. How to keep, keep people accountable. And and frankly, what the heck do you do when we go back to the gym? Uh, the world is going to be very different when we go back into gyms 
whether you have a large gym or a small gym, uh, you know, it's, it's not going to be the same for a while is what my perspective is and what I've been hearing. So trying to create solutions is, is something that I really try and set my goals to. Um, obviously timelines that has to be like now, otherwise I'm going to miss the boat. Um, and then when it comes to goals outside of COVID and outside of everything else, I was looking to expand. So, uh, I currently work out of one gym at the moment. So we've been scouring places to open up a second gym, whether it's in Manitoba or Saskatoon or, or otherwhere, uh, or otherwise I should say. So I guess kind of growing the empire. That's the ultimate goal. What inspires you to grow the empire? Just the scalability of it all? Yeah. So I, I think with anything, you have to be able to duplicate yourself. Um, if I can, the only way that I'm going to ever, I guess, figuratively move up in my own business is I need somebody to take my place. Um, for me to take, have somebody take my place that, you know, I'm creating a position, I'm creating some jobs and hopefully that person can help me grow as well. So it's, I don't like to look at it of building it with employees. I like to build it with partners. Uh, I like to try and get more people in on it because, uh, you know, just the other day I, I, I sent out probably well over 150 messages on social media, asking people's opinions about certain things. And that's how you and I met here, Chris. And, you know, it's, it's, it's trying to gather more information from your peers because once you think you're the smartest guy in the room, man, you, you need to bring it down a level. Okay. Or you need to increase your room size. So, um, I think that's my biggest drive is, is, you know, bring more people around me that are like-minded and it makes your job so much more enjoyable. And, and frankly, I'm really competitive. So if I bring more people on, that means I have to be better than all of them. And, uh, that's hard to do, man. There's some really good people out there. Yeah. Um, when it comes down to people that you look up to, who are like three, three people that you really look up to in the industry, like the greater industry? Uh, <clears throat> as for like training wise, I'd say Eric Cressy. He's a person I really, really look up to. Um, he's probably the biggest reason why I, I, I was able to give so many clients great results. Um, frankly, just from lots of his courses that he's done. Um, I like Lane Norton, definitely like Lane Norton. Uh, I like how outspoken he is kind of like nutritional guidance from him as well. Yeah. And then, uh, I really like John Berardi as well. Uh, I really like his coaching style and his infographics. Um, the way that he kind of thinks is very similar to like nicer side of what my brain likes to think, I guess is the easiest way to say. Um, so it's, you know, those three guys I think are probably my, my biggest icons in the industry. I like that. Those are, those are easy to agree with. Like every so often you come across one, it's like, yeah, but what about this? But those ones, it's like, hell yeah. They, they stand up for what they believe in. They lead their lives with integrity. They have a body of evidence that supports their work. It's not just that they accumulated a billion Instagram followers and called it a day. Like there, there is a legacy behind what they do. It's funny. The, the amount of people that come on this podcast and I ask them, Hey, who do you look up to? And they're like, Eric Cressy. I'm like, 
All right. Another one. We got another one for Eric Cressy. But I mean, it makes sense. I look up to his stuff too. So it's like, I don't disagree. I completely agree. Um, When it comes down to, we talked about goals. We talked about goals outside of pandemic, inside pandemic. Um, Some of the struggles that a lot of people that I talked to has been maintaining some sense of structure and keeping themselves accountable to like anything, like not just fitness, but like accountable to daily tasks is this something that you have struggled with just as a human being um and if so or if not like what advice would you have for someone that is struggling to find that structure or keep on track within the micro tasks within their day yeah i found that i struggled with this um a lot in my earlier years i'll put it that way um and it's still something i struggle with um you know, with this pandemic, I love to say I've been working out every day. Nope, I haven't. Um, I'd be happy if I got like a few workouts in since this whole thing started. Um, it's just low on my priority list at the moment. And uh, so biggest things that I, I think that I have struggled with in the past is, you know, especially in the world of like being a PT, it's really easy to start your day, live in the gym for 12 hours. And at the end of the day, you go home, you're like, fuck, I did nothing. I literally did nothing at all that day uh, because you just filled it with busy work or you sat in the back room or you just ended up chatting with your friends about, you know, preacher curls or something like that, right? Like it's, it's really, really easy to get lost in the shuffle. And the way that I kind of overcame came that is I like to start my day with creating three tasks that I need to complete by the end of the day. So it makes it really segmented. I have a very analytical brain. I'm a very task oriented person. So I walk in like, all right, so number one thing is, you know, I have to talk to 10 people, get their names, uh, what their goal is and how long they've been a member for, and then book three consults from those 10 people. Or I have to call X amount of people, or I have to program for my clients on this day. I have to make sure I get my own personal workout in because that's still really, really important. So whatever those three things are, I do not leave the building until those three things are done. I make it like a mission for myself that I can't I can't go. Otherwise, I've got nothing accomplished that day. Um, and I just kind of break it down, you know, whether it's a really big goal or it's a small goal. If I'm looking to expand, then I have to say that, okay, I'm looking, I'm trying to make sure that, uh, you know, I look at the uh uh space rentals to see if i can find a few different ideas to open a gym or or talk to three of my mentors about you know what do they think or reach out to this person you know what i mean so it's just it's breaking a larger goal into smaller segments and then breaking those segments into your monday through friday routine um and i'm a huge fan of having a literal agenda as well so um for instance like right here it's like right in front of my face i have a literal agenda um so like most trainers i'm super visual i like to have it in front of my face i color code my stuff because i'm like a child i need to have it in yellow and green and blue and pink right um so it's it again it's taking what seems complicated and then just simplifying it by breaking it down in front of your face and then give yourself little praises like yes i accomplished it little pats on the back 
Yeah, no, I completely agree with that because uh, everything seems scary when you look at it as its entirety. But when you break it down to the little steps that it takes to get there, like even when it comes to a podcast, um, every so often somebody will have this desire to be on a podcast. And then I tell them about my podcast. I'm like, look, like September 2018 I didn't have a podcast. September 1st, 2018, I had a podcast and that's all it took. I just had to record one. And then here we yep. are in like almost, what day is it? We're almost in May. We're almost in yep. May, 2020. And this will be like episode 116 with a guest, one th- no, 230 or something in total because I do daily ones. Then all of a sudden it's exciting because every day on my checklist, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this podcast, publish it. And that was just, that's been part of my checklist. So for anybody that's like frustrated with wanting to be at their point B and they're stuck at point A, it's just like, do your three tasks every day. Like I, I loved how you outlined it like that because um, I also have a notebook by my, by my desk and it's just, I have two of them because therefore my different my different tasks like around the house tasks and business yep. tasks and i have to write them down or i forget or i have to write them down to almost visualize okay this is what's in front of me today how am i going to finish this and i'm not going to go to bed until it's done and then as i start to realize oh i wish i went to bed earlier i get more efficient with things and i uh, put on the microwave timer so I get things done on time. So I'm not just like, ooh, let's check out this uh, crazy viral video on the internet. Like everybody's human, everybody's gonna have those distractions. But it's just like a workout when we time our rest periods, or when we journal our food, or when we write down our sets and reps. Same thing with life. And I mean, I'm no expert, but I like to hear from you so that I can see, oh, yeah, I must I must be doing a few things right because he's made it this far. We're on track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just simplifying everything, right? Simplify it. If you don't know what the steps are to break it down, um, I always recommend having a mentor as well. Yeah, absolutely. Someone, someone smarter than you or someone that has been doing it for longer than you um yeah I'm, I'm a huge advocate of having a mentor that's one well. of the powerful things for me as a podcast host i have a small army of of mentors because what ends up happening is i i've spent so much time talking to people that a lot of these friendships and bonds and mentorships they they go on throughout the year like when the pandemic first happened i had a handful of people that have been doing what i do for way longer or Um, They're in a different industry, but they have that life experience that can help with the resiliency factor. And just to have people in your life to talk to in general is super important. Like not being in that echo chamber and then not being the smartest person in the room. Like I, my life goal is to kind of gear myself into rooms where I'm never the smartest because then where do I have to grow? What am I going to become? Am I going to just stay the same? That's no fun. I'd rather evolve and uh, learn a few tough lessons and fail a few times and uh, gain some clarity from the people who are wiser or older or more experienced and just have those humbling moments where it's like, wow, I've been doing that wrong for months. 
I got to change that, you know? Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. So Definitely. when it comes down to things that you do for fun outside of your career, outside of fitness, outside of just regular family responsibilities, are there things that you do for fun? Jeez. Uh, well, working out still pretty fun. I do that. Um, uh, other than that, like honestly, my family, that takes up majority of my time, but that is my fun. Uh, you know, having a slew of different ages and personalities and man, I don't have time for fun right now. Yeah, other than, yeah, yeah but, like teaching my kids how to like ride a bike or something like that. That's my, that's my view of fun and homeschooling them. I think is is a ton of fun right now too. You know, that's a big pro. Well, I think even the way you outlined it, it's kind of a, it's a matter of a person's perspective. So you say it's just, oh, family, blanket, statement, done. But then you said biking. And I was like, okay, so he likes cycling with his kids, but he likes cycling. And it's just like, and he likes um, learning new things every day. That, that's a thing with his kids. And so it's a matter of how how grateful we are for what we already have and sometimes it's just like a person could be like oh man i don't have a yacht i want to have a yacht and it's like yeah but you probably have a lot of other things that a lot of other people don't have like this time with kids um we could be frontline staff in the hospital where like a lot of like nurses and doctors have to like self-isolate in a trailer or something if if it is deemed that they would be a risk to their family they're not getting to have time with their kids or they're not getting to have an abundance of, of communication with people like, like I would, or you would. And so there's things that us in the fitness industry, when we're working our butts off and we're so passionate about what we do, there's things that we have that sometimes we forget. And so I guess if anybody was listening to this and they're like, Oh man, like I just, I don't have anything. I guess you just gonna have to check yourself and realize you probably do have some stuff and you just kind of need to break it down a bit more. Like maybe your passion for fitness and just some certain aspect of lifting, that is just so fun to you that, yeah, that that is what you do for fun. Or maybe it's um, the art of programming, like just how some people get a rush off of uh, trading stocks and stuff. Some people get a, a rush over analytically creating like a progressive program, something that is backed by science. Like I do very simple programming and some people do it where it's like programmed out to the next two years or something based on someone being extremely accountable. And it's just, yeah. it's crazy. Cool to see everybody's different passion, but important that everybody stays closest to their passion as possible completely agree so completely. i have a final question for you to wrap things up and it is if you were going to give one piece of advice on someone on how to live their life as themselves in the most fulfilling way what would that piece of advice be um uh, i i think it would be following your passion um, I think that's the biggest, biggest thing. So, um, you know, finding out what's, you know, when you wake up and you're really excited to work or when you clock out of, I guess, your nine to five job, are you still wanting to do that job? I know for myself personally, that's, that's the most important thing. Uh, when I haven't been in fitness and, you know, I'm still reading fitness magazines, 
because that's my ultimate passion. Or, you know, if you're a nurse and you're still learning more and more about the human body or, or what have you, I think that that's when you can really live your, your best life, in my opinion, and kind of make sure that you're making all the right steps appropriately because you're doing it for the right reasons. You're not doing it necessarily for the money. You're not doing it for the fame. You're doing it because you love it. And hopefully it's, it's tied into wanting to help more and more people. I love it. That's perfect. So thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chris. It was a lot of fun. During this time, I it occurred to me that I'm doing a lot of continuing education, um, and I'm connected to a lot of people that have a lot to offer to me, and I wasn't sharing as much of it as I should. And so if you follow me on Instagram, if you're a trainer or a fitness enthusiast, you will see in my story that there are some continuing education opportunities uh, for less than like $30, which is incredible and it's accessible and you don't even have to be a fit pro to take advantage of this because it's kind of one of those dollar values that most people have access to. And so I highly encourage you to check that out in my story. If I get my act together, I'll put it in my story highlights. And if you are listening to this down the road, send me a message and I can pass you on to different people. You should definitely look up Ben. I think Ben would be a great resource for you in any time. As you heard from him, he really has a passion for helping get trainers up on their feet and just helping guide people through their fitness and wellness journey. So my challenge for you today is I want to know what is something that you're going to work on specifically this week to better yourself. So in the next seven days, what is something that you are specifically going to work on to better yourself? Thanks for listening. Be sure to share this episode on social media and check out all past episodes at thelifestylechase.podbean.com. We'll catch you next time.